morning, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Bella's Comet, where, yep, that's right, it's not Grant Guinness in the intro this time. It's me, your friendly neighborhood, Kay, also the better known as the GM of the Works for Jeff. But uh, anyway, I'm here to uh, sit there and ask these four fine folks some absolutely burning questions that Grant has received from Discord the game match money discord which you're not a part of you should definitely go join uh twitter blue sky and anywhere else he's supposed to yelling at people and say hey give me questions about what has happened with the first six episodes of bella's comet Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and i think you know who better to start these introductions off than with the man of the hour who just completed the first six episodes of an epic 12 episode miniseries Hi, uh, I'm Grant Nordine. I was the guide for Bella's Comet, a title that is in the book that I never mentioned on recording, but I was the guide. <laughs> Game master, guide, head writer, all that fun stuff. And next up, his co-producer for this miniseries. Hi, I'm <laughs> Leah. <laughs> uh, I'll be taking over, starting at episode 7, as the Marshal, as they're called in Deadlands. Um... <laughs> Just go with Game Master because yeah. it's easier. Uh, I also just learned this. Wild. Didn't know it's called a Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Squidzy. Hi, I'm Squidzy. Um, I played Hermes in Bella's Comet. And I don't know if we're saying our characters for the new one. So I won't. Ooh, oh, <laughs> all right. I don't know yet. Oh, okay. Cross the bridge when we come Let's to it. questions. Yeah. Yeah. It depends if you guys asked about sure. <laughs> uh, just added a question on here real quick. Um, anyway. <laughs> I mean, Please spoil everything. Like, MC prerogative. <laughs> I can just throw some extra stuff on there all I want. And last but certainly not least, the code producer for Game Master Monday. Hi, I'm, I'm Jenny Nordine. I co-produce Game Master Monday, and sometimes I edit the show as well. Uh, and I was playing Zara for all of Bella's Comet up until this point. Until very recently. <laughs> until very recently, where she stopped existing and another person has to take her place. Yep. <laughs> Alrighty. So, with that out of the way, I just want to start this off by asking kind of all of you in general, how are you feeling about what you've accomplished so far with Bella's Comet? Oh, oh my god. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty fucking phenomenal, I must say. Thanks. I'll let you guys answer first before I go off on a diatribe about sure. it. Yeah, I mean, going back and re-listening to it um, was kind of a really weird experience because, I mean, we are all used to recording things or streaming things and, you know, kind of like putting it out there. Um, and there are definitely times where you record something and you're like, man, that was awesome. And you go and listen to it and you're like, oh, maybe it wasn't so awesome. Or alternatively, you're like, oh, that was terrible. You listen to it. You're like, it's okay. This is one of those things where you record it and you're like, that was fucking cool. And you go back and listen to it. You're like, that is even fucking cooler than I thought it was. So it was great. I'm writing a high. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Uh, this was a dream come true for me. I don't know. I've always wanted to do a long form actual play, and this is kind of like a medium form actual play. And, you know, uh, to do it with like the three coolest people and the people that we asked to do it first, we just said yes off the bat because they're 
tight and then to do it like i'm also writing a high this is this is a very fulfilling process for me i was gonna say uh you know if you had asked me gosh probably are we in november shit i can't keep my mustache right um yeah we're in november (laughs) if you had asked me like at the beginning of this year or even last year i'd been like no that's crazy i'm not gonna be on a podcast that's nuts um (laughs) no (laughs) but to come on and play with jenny and leia and then grant as a game master it was it was lovely i loved every second of it i looked forward to every recording we got her we finally got her ladies and gentlemen (laughs) we got her kind of in a similar boat to squidzy myself it's hard to look forward to shit nowadays because you know everything seems kind of samey days go by and you know it's more the same shit but this was like a real highlight to my past few months just getting together recording this whole um podcast everybody just getting into the shoes of somebody and getting extraordinarily stressed out um very strange that I said I was looking forward to stress, but it was great. So stressed. Mm-hmm. So stressed, yes. But it was great. It, it was, I had a great time. I don't know y'all Yeah, it was about. stressful in the way that like it's like a huge buildup of stress, and then you get that nice release all at the end. Just a dopamine factor, and it was amazing. All right. So my first official question on that Grant has collected for me is... Fairly straightforward. Uh, will Astrid, Hermes, and Zira's actions affect Part Two any more than they already have? So, <laughs> um, this isn't spoilers because this has already happened. Uh, I had a whole different outro planned for the end of Episode Six um, when I was going to break in at the end after Grant pulled us out of Bella's comet um, because I personally thought that the comet was going to strike the city. I thought we were going to fail. I thought there was a very good chance we were going to fail. Um, And when that did not happen, um, I had to pivot quite a bit in my plans for the second half of the show or how we started the second half of the show because where I started it and where it's now going are totally different places. Um, So, yes, (laughs) what what the three characters from the first half accomplished had a huge bearing in what happens in the second portion of the show. Um, and you'll see some of that play out. Can I just say, um, same. <laughs> I mean, you've all probably heard episode six at this point. I gave Jenny the thinnest margin of error to pass that check. Cause there was literally <sighs> five minutes left in our whole campaign. And I was like, well, that took them fucking long ass time to get to diverting the comet town so so here we go and she fucking did it so yeah <laughs> what can i say was, my dice love me <laughs> except when they don't <laughs> yeah it was so clutch i have stayed i've literally been up at night thinking to myself did jenny fucking no. love <laughs> why would i <laughs> I, every time I listen back to it, I get overwhelmed with the feeling like this is so cool. What an amazing dice roll moment. Great audio. And then I go, did Jenny fucking fudge No. It? <laughs> did she look me right in the eye? <laughs> I, listen, I've come, to, I've come to a place where I'm like, if she did, I love her. I shake when I leave. Because <laughs> it was the right answer. I shake answer. like a leaf when I get mad. I, I could not lie to you. <laughs> That's true. 
right. uh, well, that actually segues really nicely into our next question. That uh, did you have a plan in place for if the comet fell closer to or in the city? I mean, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer can, is can, yes. Can you elaborate on that? Uh, um, I won't speak for Leah, but I will say that I wrote three different monologues based on what happened with the comet crashing. And I still had to improv it a little bit based on the events that happened. Um, I mean, my side of the street's really easy. My side of the street is, yeah, they fucking die. <laughs> and, and, and that's what happens. Arc Doom is kind of built where there is like an aftermath portion of the game, but the way that we designed our twist was a little bit different. So it just would have been like, you fail, and now here's your reward. It's Leah. <laughs> now you get to try again with someone else holding the reins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the... the Do I mention... I don't know, whatever. Uh, here, here we go. Um, there was always going to be a time skip forward after the first six episodes. So that gives a margin for us to say, okay, this is what happened in Bella's Comet. We have some time. We can say like, okay, these are sort of the things that can be happening to get to where we're going in the second portion of the show. Um, we were never going to pick up like minutes after the comet fell and then having to immediately pivot to something else. So we gave ourselves a little grace um, in that. So you said you had to uh, pivot and rewrite your outro part of the outro for episode six. Can we hear the original? No. <laughs> you don't want to hear it. <laughs> No. Well, so actually, so what we ended up recording in that thing was initially me trying to cut things out that I had written and stuff. So I, I do have the original text that I had written. Maybe. We'll see. If I can find it, and it's not terrible, maybe I'll release okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Check back with I'll us on the Q&A it. for episode 7 through 12, and maybe we'll find <laughs> it. Yeah. But yeah, li literally, I was editing that episode, and I messaged Leah, and I was like, hey, do you just want to do a pickup audio now that you know what you know, so you're not, like, sounding on the fly? And she very graciously mm -hmm. did that for us. So yeah. what what you heard was not what was recorded live. Okay, okay. Uh then my next question I have here is uh, when will Venus show back up? Oh, I think that's spoiler town. <laughs> Maybe never. Maybe never. Hard to say. Laffo. We got six more episodes. You can find out. <laughs> <laughs> People love Venus. I mean, you make them the hottest possible person. <laughs> I like... mean, Hermes loved Venus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still getting messages about Venus. <laughs> I, I love them. They're the, the fun character. So follow-up question to that one then is, uh, feel free not to answer this one if you don't want to, but what do each of you like? would picture Venus as appearing, like if they're going to show up as the most ideal specimen of attractiveness for you? Oh, fun. Hmm. That's a test, Leah. Your boyfriend just asked you that question. No, no. I'm, I was literally sitting here and saying, like, I'm going to describe somebody that looks nothing like Kay right now and just watch his face. Yep. Clean shaven. <laughs> Clean shaven. Blonde hair. So thin. Short. I like a short kid. 
<laughs> Looks like a thumb. <laughs> Big hands, like humongous, like twice the size of his torso. Now, hold on. Are we implying that Kay has little hands? Is that the joke? <laughs> or are we just saying wow. that this is a guy with freakishly huge hands? Because Kay does not have small hands, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to put something Kay asked a very like earnest question and we all just took the time to bully himself up for reference I guess I can answer for Venus if you want I don't know about my own personal preference because whatever but like uh, the, the idea I had for Venus was that they um, never feel dormant like you know the, the constantly shifting thing is both like extremely jarring and kind of like borderline body horror shit but it's also kind of just like you know imagine just a person who has access to look like whatever they want to look like at any given moment so they just fucking do so i i just really wanted to screw with the idea of like identity and then gender and that so i mean venus themselves does not have an ideal resting point or a form they stay in more often than not they're just like i my my desires come and go with the wind. I'm eternal, you know? So that was the idea behind Venus's shifting appearance. But now I'll let my good friends tell me what the hottest version of my imaginary character is. <laughs> Can I say that when you introduced this character, my mind immediately went to, like, a more body horror POV for this, right? Sure. Like, if you're watching somebody... And their body is like like moving about under their clothes and their eyes are shifting and their facial structure is constantly morphing. I was not attracted to this character at all. <laughs> and then and then I started hearing what other people were saying. And it totally shifted my perspective on like what I was hearing described to me versus what my horror centric brain automatically conjured up in my brain sure um which is wild how perspective can just change something so much see i went very more that analog horror so it wasn't like like their body crawling under their skin it was like a glitch like their face would glitch and it would be something else their body Mm. would glitch and it would be something else my brain went more that analog style horror that's yeah. so funny. I imagine it like a cartoon. <laughs> like there was like a literal like rotating thing happening on their body. Like it was mechanical. Yeah, I'm more with Grant on this. I'm like, that's how I visualized it. I mean, they just look like everything that I've ever <clears throat> in my life. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one censored, folks. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but let's let's just put it that way. It's so like, you know. Their preferences are their own, so you can imagine them however the hell you want, and the fan artist will go crazy with it. So, you know, have a good time. <laughs> that That's, you know what, you, you just click the thing in my brain. On Game Master Monday, we constantly do a bit where instead of describing physical appearances, we say they're exactly your type. This is the, okay, this is the exactly your they're type exactly character. They're exactly your type pushed to the nth degree. <laughs> She is. They are everyone's type all at once, simultaneously. The the most logical place you could take that joke is a constantly physically shifting person. Mm -hmm. I thought that was what you were going for at the time. No, I was just thought it was cool. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that is something that I know you've adopted. I've adopted quite a few other podcasters I listen to as well. 
Um, sometimes when you're describing NPCs, it's more fun to let the personality speak for itself and let people like give something generic let people conjure their own idea in their head and then let their personality dictate what they look like to other people i know that frequently in slay the stars i will give a fairly wishy-washy definition of like what an npc looks like and then role play them for an hour or two and the fan art that comes back of these people is amazing and consistent brains just <laughs> yeah it's consistent it's good um i enjoy it i like seeing what people come up with if anyone wants to draw what they think venus looks like at any given point i will explode <laughs> that quickest awesome. way to my heart please, is to draw a character that please. i've made up mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. word any creator just if you're listening to a show even if you can't fucking draw send me a stick figure and go this is hermes yep. i'm like it sure fucking is you know like that's amazing hanging it on yep, every yep. wall of my house right now <laughs> you're my new favorite person i'm getting this made into a t-shirt i'll wear it every day yeah <laughs> truly <laughs> all right oh, here's a fun one uh do astrid and zira date after the events of bella's comet that's up to Leah and jenny yeah, write an epilogue for yourself right now. I mean, she wouldn't say no. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, we didn't even really address if they all survive this crazy fallout that mm-hmm. happens immediately afterwards. But 100%, if they did survive, Astrid would not want to lose touch with these people. And in the event that she was spending all this time with Zara, I could totally see her dating Kiss. <laughs> 1, Astrid would need to make the first move. However, Zara would get too much in her own head. Like, is it weird if I ask her? Would it be Zara to save the <laughs> fucking world, and she still has social anxiety? <laughs> Two very different kinds of anxiety. Let's be real here. Listen, 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 listen. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I have a tirade about this <laughs> okay. actually. Okay. All so, right. flight or fight okay, response okay, is infinitely different than getting in your own head about going to the fucking bank. <laughs> okay <laughs> like if you are in the moment and you have to make the decision to cut a man's arm off so that you will survive that's a gut instinct that is something that you cannot prepare for if you're getting in your own head like you're like okay i have an appointment at five o'clock which means i need to wake up at 9 a.m get dressed at 10 a.m and then sit in silence and pain for the next eight hours of my life that's zara right there <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Shit. So really, really though. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, would Hermes try and parent trap Astrid and Zero to get them together? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, as soon as Jenny was talking about Zara having Astrid make the first move, I was like, okay, but hang on, time out. Whoa. If Zara were like Hermes, I really like her, and I don't know what to do. Hundred percent go tell her like let's go yeah like i'll even like let's get you dressed up we will go on <laughs> yes <laughs> hermes is all in i love hermes 100%. hermes first thought wingman. best thought <laughs> <laughs> all right uh what was everyone's favorite part in the first six episodes we're going to start oh, with jenny fuck you because um, <laughs> you said oh god hmm <laughs> <laughs> not to really toot my own horn or nothing but like toot it toot the horn I, baby 
I, I loved that that shift in Zara during I think it was the third episode, yeah, like where instead of just overthinking everything, she just acted. Oh, during the mm-hmm. riot. During the riot part. It's like yeah. she learned that someone she actually kinda cares about, even though she doesn't know them very well, is in trouble. You gotta act. You gotta get them out of that bad situation, even if your own life gets put in danger. Better you than them, kind of way, you know? Hell yeah. All right, uh, and so then it worked out. It did. <laughs> you can say that about episode three and episode six. Jesus. Another, another episode where I very frequently question if Jenny lied to me or not. <laughs> I promise I did. Squizzy, what was your favorite part? There were there were so many moments that I just absolutely loved. Um, from Hermes's reaction in the college to the reaction to Venus. Um, to, of course, Zara coming and saving her ass after she did something stupid. <laughs> um, almost every time, actually. But one of my favorite moments, and we've talked about this before, um, is the conversation when Hermes asked, you know, why are we doing so much for a city that doesn't give a shit about us? And yeah, I can see, I can see Leia. And Astrid looked at her and just went, just one more hard thing. That is my favorite moment and always will be. I mean, it, it is it, very great. It, you feel it when that line is said. It's just, it's such a common thing in like tabletop role playing games, just media as well in general. Like the heroes are there; they're kind of in their battle. They've almost got that, and they're just like, "Why do we keep doing this? And or how do we keep going through this? You know, what more do we have to do? Yes. One, more. One more, one more. It's funny because in that moment, um, at so. A running thread uh, throughout Astrid's portion of this story through the first six episodes um, was that Astrid was sort of, she was at a really low point in her life, right? And things weren't necessarily getting better. Everything around her just kept like falling down and getting worse and worse and worse. And they were at this point, right, where um, everybody was feeling it right the conclusion of the first six episodes was not like an epic i mean there was this epic heroic moment but there was also this moment of just like i don't think any of the three of us thought we could actually stop anything that was happening right and so there was so much behind that line because in my head as astrid she didn't think she was walking out of there right and so she was saying one more hard thing. We're going to do one more hard thing until we can't do any more hard things. And then it's done. And we don't have to do hard things anymore. But in Leah's head, all I was thinking, and to set the record straight, uh, Grant and I did not discuss the story of the nope. first half together. I very um, purposely kept Leah in the dark. <laughs> yes. And so in that moment, all I was thinking was like, please, before Astrid dies, let her have a showdown with Eris. That was the one more hard thing that Astrid was talking about for herself. She needed to finish things with Eris. That was it. And that leads into my answer to this question. That was my favorite moment when Astrid had her showdown moment with Eris. It was <laughs> epic. It's just good storytelling, not to toot my own horn, but yeah. like when I was writing episode five, I kept trying to like think about like 
I was thinking a lot about episodes one through three, especially because there's a, a lot of the initial wait and setup happen in those episodes. And a, a part of me felt a little robbed that you didn't get to fight Eris like for real, you know? So I was like, how do I get what's happening in Comet's Edge back to the foreground before we resolve everything? And I was like, I do know how to get Eris there. And I think I can pull that off. She's an optional fight, but she is there. And I was worried it wasn't going to happen because you knuckleheads didn't go through the front fucking door. <laughs> you had to parkour a building. <laughs> And that was such a fun moment. is looking at me like, was there any other option? Duh. <laughs> like, damn it. Yeah, no. I mean, could she really expect to want to go through like a little <sighs> army line of security, of, not security robots, combat robots? I literally thought they were going to try. I, in the back <laughs> of my brain when I wrote that scene, they're going to definitely want to fight these things, right? I guess not. <laughs> Look, the last time Harmony went up against law enforcement, it almost ended real, real bad. Can confirm. That's true. Was there? <laughs> I have a hard time picking a favorite moment. If I'm being honest, and I mean, like, it's because I was there for everything, and you know, I can do like a really funny answer. Like, my favorite part was when Hermes got their fake ID from that guy with needle fingers. Uh, <laughs> a, a character I made up on the spot for her. Um, I loved him. I really. <laughs> It was fun. It was a fun scene in the end. Um, my favorite scenes are always the one where the cast finds a creative solution to what I was throwing at them. Like if I'm not thinking about it, um, the riots, one of my favorite episodes for that reason, because it's all like spur of the moment thinking, bouncing as hard as they can, trying to get their way out of there. Um, I really like the conversation between um, Hermes and Astrid on the roof when uh, Hermes finds out that Astrid called Eris. Um, any any Hermes and Astrid scene, really. Like, you put Leah and Squidzy in a room and go, okay, be dramatic, and they're just gonna fucking crush it every time. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't watched their Neon Shadows streams, do yourself a fucking favor. Uh, <laughs> that's the streams where I was like, oh yeah, Squidzy's gonna be the right pick here, <laughs> for sure. Um... I like, I like any time when so so Jenny saves the day a lot twice and not just in Bella's comment but in <laughs> GMM and anything she's in because she's always thinking outside of the box I like I like any reaction to a one that she just crits out of nowhere um man I like the whole show <laughs> is that an answer yeah. there's like not a weak <laughs> moment in it which is nuts <laughs> Oh, I have to also throw in some honorable mentions, though, because some of my favorite moments are the moments between us when we surprise each other. Yeah. Right. Um, and so one of those moments was when we were in the what's it called? The Southern Cross. And Astrid just like was like, oh, yeah, no, that's my girlfriend. And watching Jenny's face be like, what? what? Oh, oh, I take it back. My favorite moment of the entire show is when Hermes licks the alcohol off the bathroom sink. Yes. Such a jarring comedic moment in an otherwise completely serious drama. And I love it so much. I was sitting there. I was thinking, I was like, okay, what would an 18 year old living on the outside edge of a city what would they do in this moment we have to figure out what this poorly is. What educated do do? poorly educated has no like eh, 
Why not? First thoughts, best thought. Let's just go. No concern for authority or their own health. Yep. Nope. Yep. <laughs> yep. None. So fucking funny. Great. Also, can I just uh, say that the the way everyone plays a drunk character is so different and so funny <laughs> to me. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. good. It's a good ass um, fucking show, guys. Good job. Did a fantastic job. Yep. It was good. Uh all right. Thanks, man. For the first set of characters, so for Astrid, Hermes, and Zira. It's beach day. What are your characters wearing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. A wide range of questions here. I'll go first. I already know the answer to this one. Uh, <laughs> one piece bathing suit, goggles, and an umbrella. It is too hot for her. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is it one of those umbrella hats? No, it is like one of them like full ass like <laughs> gothic umbrellas, like black, just like to, to shade her from any and all UV rays. She's not having a good time. Full Adams fan, uh-huh. honestly. I, like I also... she, she came here determined not to have a good time because she is stressed out about everything. Like, watch out for sharks, watch out for high tide, watch out for this. Ah. <laughs> I also picture Zira uh, with a lab coat on over the swimsuit as well. <laughs> No. that's her swimsuit yeah that's that's her little cover yeah. up yeah she like brings her lab coat from home because she doesn't have anything else otherwise to hide her modestly I came from work <laughs> i'll let you go leia um i oh, gracious astrid <laughs> astrid wearing like a what I call like a tankini almost like they like a sports bra top and like boy shorts you know what I mean like uh color wise probably something fairly neutral maybe like camo or something I don't know like something tall <laughs> she fucking would she, she fucking would she wear would, camo right? <laughs> right yeah she would 1000% like desert storm camo like like mm-hmm. <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes. Oh, I get it, because so they live in Comet's the Edge, and it's all sandy and shit. <laughs> is there yeah, a beach anywhere yeah. nearby? <laughs> yeah, I've always said Bella's Comet is in the desert, so probably not. Right. Lakes have beaches. Uh, I, fi- I pictured like a like a, like a a Lake Mead type okay, situation. that's fair. Know? Yeah, there, there's a lot of like middle of Nevada influence for Bella's Comet, if I'm being honest. <laughs> they say right what you know, and that's what I know, baby, is the desert. Right, desert with a big city in it. Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, Hermes would definitely wear... Hermes. I know. Hermes would definitely wear, like, surfboard shorts with a bikini top. I mean, neon pink with neon green. Loud. Hell yeah. Yeah. That, that. that's yeah. Yeah. Hermes is definitely Easy. surfing. Honestly, like exactly that. what I picture yeah. all three of them. <laughs> Hermes, Hermes is the one that Zara is yelling at to be safe. Exactly. The whole time. Exactly, yes. It's like, there's, there's rocks over there. Careful. <laughs> There's rocks everywhere. It's a beach, you idiot. <laughs> oh, pick an NPC for me. Any NPC. I don't care who. Divine. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually yes, going to say please. Ada. Yes, T- oh. Oh, well, I mean, I can do both. That's, That's fine. Divine's uh, the easier of the two. We're, we're talking uh, socks with sandals. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Um, no. Swim trunks. Swim trunks. Just regular old dude swim trunks. Um, an oversized t-shirt. And very noticeable, like, zinc oxide on his nose. A completely coated white nose. <laughs> and, and a big sun hat. <laughs> and he has, it refuses to go in the water. He brought a book to read. <laughs> wow. Perfect. Very good. <laughs> um, 
Ada is a machine, so she's not going to the beach. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ada's probably like you know, probably like a one-piece swimsuit, but with wearing shorts over it. You know, um, very like classy French old lady chic, like very in style outfit. I would imagine like big sunglasses, <laughs> um, a very expensive cover-up sun- kind of thing. Yeah, like 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 a like a see-through shawl, if you mm. will. So yeah, Ada's classy. We didn't really talk about it that much, but you know, she's she's a classy fifty-year-old lady. Bougie. I got that feeling from her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hard to hard to talk about her her tastes and interests when she's trying to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, how the fuck do magnets work? The explanation just didn't make any sense. There's an insane clown posse song about that. Let's listen to that one. <laughs> I think should. it's I think it's please, miracles. <laughs> please insert insane clown posse. I'm, I'm pretty here. I'm pretty sure magnets how if they you work. ask any scientists, they will tell you they don't. Move on. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Allegedly. Sometimes the science of Bella's comet is more fi than psi. So just <laughs> take it and run with it. Uh, somebody asked. What do I think about what happened so far? Why am I reading questions? And what is this beef with Prince? Okay, just tell Look, us your thoughts. How'd you like it? Did you, did I, you like it? I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit here. So. <laughs> I told Kay everything, but not the cast. <laughs> Actually, no. But I was sitting like six feet away from Leah the entire time, every time they were recording, only hearing her bits. You were not. <laughs> So, you were not. Maybe like the first time we recorded, was, that is true. But there, there's a good chunk of each true. recording session. I was literally sitting six feet away from her, or like at least in the same vicinity. Anyway, so I could hear everything she was saying. And so, like, I finally get to actually hear it all and like see what's going on around what she, what I was hearing her say for the recording. It was just like this is just great. Like it's it's it was super enjoyable. Grant was telling a fantastic fucking story. And it just pieced together so well. And just the sheer emotional impact of it. Like, holy shit. Thanks, Kay. Thanks, Nian. That means a lot to me. Thanks. Great <laughs> for Kay. You're a sweetie. I take back every mean thing I said about you earlier. Yeah, that, that's fair. It's okay. I say many things about myself all the time. Don't. <laughs> I love you. Uh, so why am I reading these questions? Because I asked very nicely. <laughs> he was a very polite boy. <laughs> No, I'll, I'll, I'll be straight up. Kay is asking the... I was going to ask Kay anyway. Kay is asking the questions because he did a great job with the Slay the Stars Q&A. That's why. If he bombed that, I wouldn't have bothered. But he didn't, so he's here. That's fair, that's fair. Also, I do want to throw it out there that this person who supposedly has a beef with me or I have a beef beef with is the one who did the character art for Bella's comment. That, that I will, so good. That I will name drop. <laughs> fucking higher Prince. Incredible artist. Seriously. Holy Seriously. fucking shit. Bl- yes. like, Leah and I knew before we even had a concept that we wanted to hire Prince to be the artist for the show. And if he fucking delivered, baby. <laughs> Truly. Wait till you see what he's, what he's cooking up for, for part two. Like, oh, fuck. You're not ready. I know. And, uh, okay. Maybe not spoilers, but like hints and little tidbits um our characters from the first part were all humans so that is um you know a little more in people's wheelhouse when they're drawing them we threw some curveballs in the second half Mm -hmm. 
and he still just fucking knocked them out of the park. It was, it's so. I got good. a little silly, dude. They're hot. Got a little silly. Can I just say they're fucking hot? Like, oh my god, the, the part two characters are smoking. <laughs> Grant, that means a lot to me that you would say that about my character. I have questions about that. Specifically my character. Listen, <laughs> people are going to... Damn it, I want to talk about your character if in anyone, part two. Okay. I'm going to hold back. I'm holding Look. back. No, shut the fuck up. <laughs> they can be horny later. <laughs> I'm so excited. Not a great exactly thing to say to your sister, Grant. <laughs> you, you, you all can be horny about Jenny's character in six weeks when we talk about it. Not now. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> Alright. I'm very excited for that reason right there. <laughs> yeah, yes. listen. Yeah, one thousand. You are you I wasn't fucking ready. <laughs> no one was. Yeah. No one I'm not ready. I'm never ready whenever I record. <laughs> Jenny opened her mouth and we all fucking like exploded. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Alright. Okay. <laughs> um if you were a die, what type of die would you be? And I want you to tell me if, like what how many sides and describe your color and appearance and material. Ooh. Physical D one hundred. A golf ball. <laughs> a golf yep. ball. It's a golf ball. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm a D one hundred to design to look like a golf ball. That is a hundred percent me as a person. Fair enough. I think I would be a D twelve. Because it's everybody's favorite dice, but you so rarely get to roll it. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, I would be like, it'd be like galaxy themed, you know, got like little purples, blues, but like with like a black and like little sparkles. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be good. But I, I'll go. Uh, I would be a D8, just nice and consistent, nice and simple. <laughs> and if you step on it, it We're hurts. <laughs> That's true of all dice. No, yeah, all. But like, okay. The eight and the four kind of hurt a Many. little more. Yeah, the, the eight and the four are definitely the, the caltrops of the modern age. Um, <laughs> I would, of course, probably just be trans flag colors, to be completely honest with you. I like pinks, I like blues, I like whites, and just throw some purple and gold in there, too. Why not? Just make me look pastel y and pretty. I was going to say D4 for the same reason, because you step on them and they hurt. Hey. Um, fairly simple dice. Uh, probably stained glass not made of stained glass but just the look of stained glass fuck yeah love it fuck yeah i'd buy him i think making a die out of stained glass would be a bad idea you roll it once and it's just gone forever Mm -hmm. i'm gonna build a system that is uh, that contains a d4 a d8 a d12 and a d100 (laughs) and we'll we'll see what happens uh, what was the relationship between Jovian and Zira like as a mentor and a student? Ooh. Hmm. We kind of talked about that in character creation. Mm-hmm. I feel like she would ask him a lot of questions when when she was just starting yeah. off. She was very, very curious about uh, the universe, how everything worked. Uh, very verbal student let's put it that way she she would not shut the hell up about whatever question was on her mind then what happened to Javayan happened and she was like oh fuck am i next <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's true because you guys because Javayan would have so the backstory is Javayan was her professor mm-hmm. at the school of cosmology and then would later on hire her to be part of his team in theseus labs yeah. And then he found a magical book and everyone thought he went crazy. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, 
like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, they they clearly had a, a, a friendly, if not kind of a strange relationship. Because when he comes back to find her in episode one, it's not like there's animosity there, but you can get the sense that they haven't spoken in mm-hmm. a while. I think is fair to say. So, you know, probably like as, you know, fairly close knit, Divine only saw something in her, took her under his wing. And then he quote unquote went nuts <laughs> and, you know, left Zara kind of out in the wind to the point where she eventually leaves Theseus and becomes a, a teacher. teacher in Comet's yeah. Edge. That was one thing that I thought was really interesting about their, uh, them reuniting in the very first episode was that you didn't see this moment of Zara being like, oh my God, it's you. I'm so happy to see you. How are you? It was very guarded, right? Zara saying like, hey, what do you want? Um, because now I'm out here teaching. I have, I have know, a life outside of you. This, this place. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I'm already about as far away from Theseus Labs as you can get. Why are you here? I'm a little concerned, right? And I just, I loved that moment. Jenny good. Jenny good. I think things. I big think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you know, I think Jenny was the only No, I take that back. Um almost everyone wanted to tie a part of their story to one of the NPCs I presented them. I think the only one who strayed from that path is Hermes, who more wanted the link to be to Astrid and not to Javian or Ada or Eris was the three big ones I told you about in character creation, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. And the payoff there was so good. It was good. gold. So good. Good. So good. God damn. I love those three girls. They're just nuts. So I good. know. Speaking of Hermes, if Hermes got to go to college after saving the world, what would they study and would they have tried to find Venus again? So, there's so many things Hermes would have wanted to study. Um, finally finding a school that interested her. No offense to Zara. Um, None taken. <laughs> <laughs> she probably would have focused on the stories that the stars told. More than the science behind it itself. She wasn't really interested in the science. She wasn't really interested. She, science isn't interesting to her. It's the stories behind the stars. And to lead into that, yes, she would have tried to find Venus again. She would have tried to find more of those immortals again. Oh, it's so hard to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> but great, your part is done. Full disclosure, we haven't finished recording. We haven't finished recording part two yet. So I don't know what Leah has up her sleeve, and I can't talk about what she's already revealed. Blue it, boy. <laughs> but great, your part is done. There are more immortals out there. You can tell us, right? No. <laughs> Grant physically can't tell anybody about nothing. I was cursed by a witch. <laughs> it's me, I'm the witch. Uh, right. And uh, so, Astrid, <laughs> your relationship with Eris was pretty damn toxic. I think it's safe to say that. Uh, do you think the thought of killing her was lingering in Astrid's mind for a while? I would love to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, totally. But, like, no. Not... There was not even an inkling of that in Astrid's brain prior to this, right? Astrid was not that self-assured. She didn't have that much of a direction in her life. And her moral compass was not pointing in the like... I mean, we saw even whenever she tried to talk to Sedna and she was saying like, look, I want to help you. 
yes, I'm a cop, but like, I'm trying to figure this out with you. And Sedna put her in that room. The first thing she did to try to get out was to call Eris, not to bring Eris there, but to say to Eris, like, I need to talk sense into you. Please make this connection with me and understand what I'm saying. If you do what I know you're going to do, which is find out about this and raid this place and kill Sedna, it's going to end the world. So I need you to listen to me. It wasn't until that moment that Eris wouldn't listen to reason, even when Astrid was trying, like, trying to present her with facts, did Astrid even close the door on that part of her life. You know, there was still a chance that she could have gone back and been a cop again if she thought there was something there for her to salvage, right? So yeah, no. Uh, up until the very end, there was never there was never a moment that Astrid would have thought that that was going to happen. I always wonder when the flip switched for her. Like, at what point she was like, I could do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think... I don't think it did until she was having the conversation with Hermes in the car and she was, and they were like on their way to the end. Right. And Astra just like had that feeling in her gut that was like, this is the end. And I just have this feeling Eris is going to be there. Right. This is my big bad. This is my boogeyman in the closet. You know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to stop this comet from hitting the world and destroying it. But if I can stop Eris from hurting more people, that's my thing. Uh, for Grant, if the Astronomicon has multiple authors, does does that mean that there are multiple disastrous events? Yes. <laughs> um, I, I designed the Astronomicon as this thing that predicts and advises of things that are happening well, specifically from space to come down in, in, into Earth's realm. Hence why I can predict things like Bella's Comet and Nostradamus is a guy who's listed as one of the authors. So, you know, um, the Tunguska event's probably in the what? there. Uh, you know, there's a, like, oh, Google that if you ever want to, like, really think some weird thoughts. Tung long story short, history lesson, Tunguska event, there's a big mysterious space rock that lands in russia at some point and the completely wipes out like a whole acres worth of trees and you could hear the uh, the the collision from like the other side of the country and there is no evidence that anything ever hit the earth they don't know what the fuck happened <laughs> awesome uh that's in the book <laughs> so so anything you know anything having to do with with space would be in the astronomicon and keep in mind this is 500 years in the future so it probably predicted a whole bunch of other shit too and it probably passed a lot of hands before it wound up in ada's library so you know pretty important prop it's a shame we'll never see it again right yeah no probably not <laughs> Okay, um, so that final battle with Ada was just super intense. Is there anything that you would have done differently in the sixth episode, given what you know now? I don't think there's anything <laughs> we could have done differently, apart from just fuck up a dice roll somewhere along the line. <sighs> Maybe saving Javion would have been one of those things we would have tried to do better. Yeah, speaking of, so, Grant, 
What would have yeah. happened if they had hit the save Javion button? You, I can actually tell you because it's over now, but you would have been in the same room with him caged up as well. So you would have had to try to figure out how to undo that, defuse a bomb, escape. It was it was literally a diversion tactic to spend more time. Freaking jigsaw over risk here. everything. Uh, yeah, it yeah, was okay. a jigsaw puzzle, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't change a damn thing that we did. Not a single thing. Even, mm-hmm. even you know, as far as saving Javayan, I I'm fine with how it, it played out. I think it played, I think everything played out the way it had to. And that was the sense that I got the whole time, so... Boy, I'm glad you it. think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is there any single role that you guys wish had gone differently? And for Grant, how would that different outcome have affected what happened? Hmm. Oh, they're asking me to GM an alternate yes. reality. <laughs> yeah, any dice rolls that you guys uh, failed or succeeded where you wondered about the uh, other end of the stick? I mean... All? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's the alternate reality. So, 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 scene one, Hermes gets asked to join an elite team. She says no. (laughs) (laughs) And then Asher gets asked to join. She says no. And then Zara gets asked. She says no. no. (laughs) And the world ends. Grant scrambles to find a new cast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I do have one. There's only one. And I wouldn't change it, but I am curious what would happen. Was there any universe in which Astrid reveals herself to be a cop in that basement at the Southern Cross and Sedna listens to what she has to say? Yeah, the one where you succeed that dice roll. <laughs> yeah, um, well, that's what I was curious. Like, how, like, because whenever you're playing these games, right, it's not always like, yes, you succeed, the thing you want happens, or no, you fail, and it definitely doesn't. Sometimes there's that gray one, you succeed, but it's not, it's not what you you're never going to succeed and make it perfect, right? So I'm yeah. just curious how that could have played out. I'll tell you, because I have the notes in front hey. of me. <laughs> so, okay. So I, I literally wrote a pass or fail scenario. This is what, so, okay. So curtain back, we recorded these two episodes a piece. So at the end of episode two, the whole cast had to wait an extra week to see what Sedna was going to say to Astrid. Partially because we ran out of time, partially because that's fun for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> And I'm glad with the reaction we got because I wanted episode two to be the hook episode that really made you want to keep coming back to see what happens, you know. So I, I needed a good cliffhanger, and Leah so graciously gave it to me on a silver platter uh, by walking up to Sedna. Uh, if you had passed the the check where you explain yourself, Sedna would have alerted uh, the rest of her crew to the situation. And she would have moved up the riot to that very night, which would have totally changed the whole trajectory of the episode, which now probably involves everyone having to go to the police station because instead, okay, instead of acting in the morning, they know we're coming, we're going to hit them now and hit them hard. So then the gang has to ask the questions of what do we do? Do we alert Eris? Do we try and stop this from happening? Like I said, it would have believed you and then, her naturally believing you would have been like oh fuck i need to completely change my game plan not stop my game plan but i gotta hit him first and hit him hard and that would have gone swimmingly i'm sure (laughs) well i did apparently write the note the police will not be prepared if astrid passes and the station will be empty so they would have 
attacked an empty police station, essentially. Cool. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There, there, there's the alternate reality of episode three. I like our story better. <laughs> uh, how? I will say you would have had your fight with Eris sooner. <laughs> that is true. And it probably would have um, not survived it. And it wouldn't have been nearly as badass. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't have survived it whenever I did at the end. I just, it, that was shocking, honestly. Um, <laughs> Leah almost died three times. And if we're being completely honest, Leah's only survived because of the rules of arc. <laughs> In any sure. other RPG, if you hit zero, you mm-hmm. hit zero. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Astrid. Astrid took a lot of damage throughout the mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout the six episodes. Not the six episodes, it was the last two episodes, um, almost alone. Yeah, yeah. When I finally introduced combat to the story, <laughs> yeah. Um, and listen, the only reason that Astrid even revealed herself to Sedna though was because Hermes and Zara were like, "Go, go, just go, go yeah." Astrid's like, "She's gonna kill me." And they're like, "No, no, 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 no." And- she's gonna send Hermes. <laughs> yeah, no, she's going to send Hermes in this gang initiation <laughs> to uh <laughs> to kill the cop. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that episode is so endlessly fascinating to me. I know we have like other questions, but like man, I really love the riot episode. It's so I, I love I love the moral dilemma of the cast agreeing with Sedna, but knowing that there's a world ending event hiding behind if she does it. <laughs> and like, I, I think you can hear it the most from, from Hermes slash Squidzy. Cause you know, Squidzy is my fellow anarchist friend here. She's not down with the system <laughs> and, and you, and you can see like her philosophy being injected into Hermes and being like, this is so hard. I agree with her. And also she's really hot. <laughs> it was, it was rough. And She's like, yeah, no, okay, it's fine. I've got this whole, like, little plan. And then Astrid called Eris. And you could hear a pin drop. I know there was just silence across the whole all Zoom. Of us. Like, yeah. We were silent. <laughs> you could just hear a pin drop. Oh. And I was like, oh, what do I, I don't want to kill her. What do I do? <laughs> and she's so hot. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever feel like the medium of recording made you change how you would have handled it otherwise? Because, like, it, this is this is what I always think all the time. Like, if we were just playing a home game and we knew this wasn't for entertainment and we knew that, like, we have to try and keep the whole cast around as much as possible because we're making a fucking show, <laughs> do you think Hermes would have had a more violent reaction to Hermes? Or did that not cross your mind? Am I an insane person? No, I... I guess in my eyes, I don't, I don't do this all the time. I don't do the podcasting thing. So to me, sure. it's just, I'm just going to play it how I would play it. Um, Baller. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. To me, it's not a, I don't have that like entertainment brain. Like I've got to do this as an on-brand entertainment thing. It was very much a, no, I'm just going to play this character and we'll just roll a dice, see what happens. And it was cool. beautiful. It was so good. I, I listen to shows where it's like a character is very clearly about to die. And if they die, that probably means that cast member who is being paid to do a show and perform is probably going to have to like fuck off for a little while. So sometimes I can hear the hesitation of someone who's running an entertainment product. So uh, glad we got squidzy (laughs) shit. (laughs) For me, for Hermes, the hesitation was here is this person who has always gotten me out of trouble. 
who has always stood by my side when I needed her. And I, you know, no. If I am in serious trouble that I can't handle, I can go to Astrid. Do I want to? Will it be begrudgingly? Yes. And now here is this total sense of betrayal. And what do I do with it? Yeah. So fucking good. So fucking good. Yeah. Well, and that's what... <clears throat> so in that moment, when I was deciding that Astrid was going to call Eris, I had that moment of like, ooh, this is... Hermes is not gonna like this. <laughs> no. And then... I had to decide in the moment, like, oh, is this really going to, like, mess this up? We only have, like, I, okay, so you didn't know, but I knew we had six episodes, right? <laughs> and I was like, I, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. But this is like, this is like the beginning of the third episode or whatever. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, if I mess this up, this could screw them up for the rest of this arc. But this is what she would do. And Again, this was one of those cast moments where when I said it and I watched the three of you react, I was like, no, 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 this is the right decision. <laughs> this, is, this is the right decision. That, yeah, we knew there was going to be six, but you and Jenny were operating thinking there was going to be 12 the whole time. And that was sitting in the back of my brain like, I wonder how they're feeling knowing they resolve three omens by episode six and they're heading towards the quote unquote final showdown. I wonder what they're thinking the back half of this God, is. You're, you're pulling questions <laughs> away from me that I was going to ask at the end of all this. <laughs> oh, we'll ask that question then. Sorry. <laughs> but no, I mean, I has what else to ask first. Uh, how did y'all come up with your characters? I guess the same way that any great D and D session starts, you have a session zero you, you talk through some stuff. You figure out how everything's going to work. Um, Zara was like an idea of an idea. Like I, I kind of had this like idea of like, oh, I want to play like a nervous person who doesn't know why they've been chosen to be one of the chosen ones or whatever. Or We didn't really know about shit going in. We just knew, okay, there's person <laughs> X, Y, Z. Um. But I like really latched onto the idea of like, oh, I could play a, a scientist who has been uh, befuddled and bemoaned, turned into naught but a gourd, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? From? He just turned into Shakespeare or something. What just happened? I think that's from Shakespeare. I, no, no, no. It's, it's from a Tumblr shit post. <laughs> oh, God damn it! <laughs> you know, you know that so Shakespeare. Yeah, so Shakespeare. <laughs> Shakespeare. Shakespeare would have a Tumblr if I'm if I'm being entirely honest. It's from Supernatural. No. <laughs> it's not. Um, but no, Zara was like, I I always draw from like characters that I thought up like beforehand as kind of like a base. Like, what if this person, but they were X or Y? Um, I I have a very difficult time making something new and original for campaigns. That's just I don't know why. Um. <laughs> So I kind of fell back on my laurels. Like I have this person who's kind of nervous. Why don't I just trans their gender, make them a scientist and call it good. <laughs> I, I tend to listen to see whatever I, whenever I play games, listen, I play a Herbo. I play the big strong, not a thought behind their brains, kind of a person anyway. Um, but when I was looking at the stats and everybody was kind of doing their thing, a lot of the stuff I pull comes from stories and myths, um, whether it be stories behind, why flowers have formed the way they are or the stories behind like the constellations and so when i was like okay what kind of character do i want to play that's honestly hermes was the first thing that popped in my head i was like playing a character like hermes would be a lot of fun the messenger god the trickster god um 
And so I kind of formed this character. I was like, okay, we've got the person who's got the bronze and the weaponry. We've got the person with the brains. Yeah, let's do this. So that's how I came up with Hermes. The the number one question I wish you would have answered is why is Hermes named after a god? I, I dropped that on her in episode four. Ah. The, I know the the only thing that haunts me from this campaign, and I, I wish I would have answered that question because I still don't know the answer. <laughs> uh, Squidzy, do you know why Hermes is named after a god? Uh, no, because I wasn't sure we would get to there, so I didn't actually formulate any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, sometimes you're playing a character who's supposed to have infinite knowledge. <laughs> And then you just say something infinite sounding in the moment that might have huge lore implications. And then you forget to elaborate. Plus, I'd like to see, I don't know, I'm kind of with, y'all were talking about fan art earlier and letting people come up with their own things. I'm kind of the same way when it comes to lore. Join the Discord. Please do. (laughs) Let's answer the question as a community, unless Leah answers it in the second half. I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? I don't. I don't know shit. We're kind of answering it. Uh, I'll, I'll just listen. Just listen to the rest of the show. Just listen. Just finish the show. Please do. <laughs> You've come this far. You're at the Q and A episode. Clearly, you have an interest. You like us. You like what we do. Watch more shit. Exactly. There's Leo and Astrid come from. Uh, okay, so when we were coming up, so okay, when Grant and I had the idea of the show, and we decided that I would play in the first half and run the second half um uh, i was so caught up in the idea of what was going to happen in the second half that when we sat down for a session zero for the first half i was struggling to come up with what i wanted to play because i wanted this character to be like really interesting um i didn't necessarily want to pull a ton of focus whoops my bad um no no i know but like i I went in with the intention where I was like, I'm going to kind of like hang back. And I, I did not because I get so wrapped up in role playing with the two of you. Like, I, I couldn't help Good. it. I'd have um, been so mad if you pulled back for six <laughs> episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like this thing kept saying in your like in my head, it was like, she's a cop. And I was like, there's so much surrounding the idea of being a cop. Right. We know politically and IRL, the, the issues em. with policing in the united states and probably the entire world but really in the united states um and so then like i was thinking about it and i was like oh but it'd be so good and i i don't want to play like a good cop and i don't want to play a bad cop i want to play like this realistic representation of what could happen to somebody in this position right and so i just said it out loud and i could see the look on grant's face that was like are you sure you want to do this and then like as we're all talking about it and as it was like unfolding i was like yes this was this was a, a difficult decision to make but it turned out so fucking good and it gave us a chance to explore all the connotations of like bad policing in like a real way in this medium and i loved it i loved it you could say she was shut your fuck god (laughs) for for me though i guess acid really kind of encompasses that um the only good cops are ex-cops or dead cops (laughs) (laughs) so she didn't want to die so you know (laughs) so she so she killed the cop 
uh, for Grant, were there any cool ideas that you didn't end up going with? No, I'm cool all the time, 24-7. I bat a thousand. <laughs> um, cool ideas like in the in the content of the story that we didn't wind up using. Um, I don't think so. I think we got to everything that I planned for. Um, cool ideas that we scrapped in favor of Bella's Comet. Also, no. Uh, <laughs> I think... Leah and I pitched a few concepts back and forth because the main thing we knew we wanted to do if we were going to make a podcast together was we wanted to find a way for both of us to GM and we pitched a few versions of that back and forth. There was one idea we had where Leah would GM and I'd play all the NPCs. Uh, There was an idea we had where (laughs) we would just be too gms kind of fighting for control of a story i think we pitched this idea where we're like two gods essentially <laughs> just trying to take our respective control over the party but that would have been a, a logistics nightmare um eventually we just landed on the idea of a big time skip where it seamlessly transitions from one person to the second person and i guess in that context leah and i very much so went back and forth and who should go first because <laughs> that's that's the tone setter right and the the settings we wanted to do and we were like we need to do something completely out of our wheelhouses that we don't normally do so for me that obvious answer was sci-fi i'm not much of a sci-fi author but now i am well it wasn't me. even just the sci-fi thing there was also the conversation we had about like how with you running a lot of one shots you don't get to do like a ton of like world building right mm-hmm. and so this gave you an opportunity to set up this whole world that like you don't normally get to and it was awesome to watch you fucking do it because you killed it um yeah mm-hmm. thanks really did <laughs> I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. In in the end, I'm glad I went first. I think when I initially pitched the idea to Leah, I was hoping she would step up to go first because <laughs> I was way more confident in like, okay, Leah is really good at world building and has done this before. So if I just inherit what she builds, you know, that would be fun. And then she was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Well, I so uh, we talked about it back and forth a little bit. And I was I was going to offer to go first because I don't mind the world building. Like you said, I'm used to it, whatever. But then, like, when we, t- when we had the idea for the time skip, right, and moving from what – and you had said you wanted to do sci-fi. And we had said, like, okay, well, you know, blah, 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 sci-fi. And I was like, I don't want to go – I don't want to do another fantasy setting and then flow into sci-fi. And then we had the idea of starting with a sci-fi world, having this cataclysmic event, oh, and then flowing right. into something else. I forgot out. about that. And that was whenever you said, all right, dope, I'll go first. And that's how we ended up with where we are. Yeah, yeah I forgot that the, we, we wanted – that the whole point of the time skip was to reverse the genres. Like, what did we say? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. So there you go. Um, long story short, no, I didn't really cut any cool ideas. Leah and I just talked for a long time until we landed on the coolest idea. Yes, yes. Uh, what is your character's favorite pair of shoes? And for Grant, what is Venus's favorite pair? Doc Martens or high top Converse? Mm. There you Easy. go. Uh, what color <laughs> laces does Hermes wear? 
cry. This if is I'm funny because your character arts all have shoes. Because <laughs> <laughs> like if I'm if and I'm I... really being honest, it's probably yellow. Good call. Good answer. Uh, Venus's favorite pair of shoes. I always imagine Venus barefoot. I know it's like like a cop out answer, but I always imagine like especially if they're in their garden, they're barefoot. Um, but it's it's a shifting appearance thing. So I, man, I, I hate answering like, does Venus have a favorite? Because the whole point of Venus is no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's whatever suits them at the moment. I'll be honest. I picture Zero's favorite pair of shoes are probably some super cheap, generic Walmart casual dress slip on. <laughs> I think Venus is wearing Zara's bo- wearing boots in, in, in her art. Yeah, in her character sure. art, she's wearing like uh, like these high top boots, like engineer mm-hmm. boots. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go with Kay's instinct. Like when she's not working, she definitely has like a pair of shit kickers at home that like she uses for everything else. You know, like these are my going out to get the mail shoes. These are my going out to the go to the bank or go to the fucking grocery store. Like just basic uh, just casual a, comfort. Yeah, a casual little pair of toms. In <laughs> in in they probably used to be blue at one point, but now they've kind of faded out to be like this kind of grayish black color. <laughs> I don't know. This is a weird <sighs> I feel like this is one of those things that is just Astrid wore a uniform every day and it was the same clothes and the same boots. I don't think it ever even occurred to her to have a favorite pair of shoes, right? Um, but I, I want to believe that before she became a cop, and one of the reasons she had such a soft spot for Hermes was because she did a little bit of her own little gallivanting about as a teenager, right? Um, and you know, I like to think that she had her pair of, you know, Doc Martens or whatever that she kept in her closet from when she was a kid. But I mean, as a person now, I don't know that she even has one. That's sad. <laughs> you ever been so upset with your job? You don't have a favorite pair of shoes. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that ending. Uh, so obviously, you know, Leah transitioned from the outro, announcing that there's for the second half is going to be, I don't know if it was actually real, but 500 years in the future after Bell's Comet. Yes, another 500 years. Yes, another 500 years, and with her taking over and doing the Deadlands system, you commented earlier that uh, Squidzy and Jenny did not know. <laughs> not a not a damn clue. Nope. So, not a clue. <laughs> I want to ask then what were their what were your reactions uh at the revelation there at the end of recording episode six? Did um any of our voice recordings come through in that or did you cut a lot of our ooh and an on out? Oh my em. god. No, I, I cut them. Rant. Um <laughs> Well, okay, I can I can remember okay, so I finished doing my thing. Leah had to hum and haw for a second as she made some last minute adjustments to her monologue. And then she read it. And the initial reaction was nothing. Uh, Squizzy and Jenny just were like staring at us. In shock. Fuck. I guess. And then we ended recording and I had to go like, so I'm not your game master anymore. And then it started to like clue together what was going on. Yeah. It was wild. Hmm. It was wild. I ran. I ran into the room. Um, 
uh, where my husband was, and I was like, "Oh my god, I have something to tell you, but I can't tell you." <laughs> oh my god, it's the worst <laughs> and the best. That's why I have friends who don't listen to the show. <laughs> All right, and I will, and I will <laughs> kill friends. them at some point <laughs> in my life. If you're if you're Jenny's friends and you don't listen to the thing she's on, you're not yeah, her friend. That's, that's yeah, I'll not, find you. Her friend anymore. I have to say, like, there was a split second when we were getting ready to transition the game where I had a moment of, like, oh, God, what if Squidzy and Jenny are just, like, you guys fucking suck. (laughs) 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 To kind of assuage that fear, had you as a game master exactly once, and I've listened to a lot of Slay the Stars beforehand, so when I tell you I was pumped... To actually work with you on a, on a longer form podcast, I was pumped. I good, <laughs> yeah, good. yeah, legit. Same. I've listened to Slay the Stars. I've never had you to get, as a game master, but as soon as we, I've like put together that it was gonna flip. I was like, oh, it's yes! I was time. so stoked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're gonna I cry. So it's gonna hurt. <laughs> and so far, we have, uh, folks. And it so hurts. far, it does, folks. It hurts. <laughs> I think, listen, I don't think it's hurt at all. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You don't feel my pain because you're not there, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's getting getting real in the other side tonight, folks. All right. I I really do want to know what you all thought was going to happen after episode six because you didn't know. You thought it was going to be me the whole time. You thought it was going to be Ark the whole time. So I'm really curious what your your fan theories were heading into that I'm last. Up aliens consequences. The world ending <laughs> twice. <laughs> consequences. Well, yeah, like how would the city react? Like the thing has happened. Everybody you know is dead. We have to reestablish the whole government. Kill those three motherfuckers in particular because they caused this whole mess. Who who the yes, monk? Honestly, same. Oh, that would be fun, Grant. <laughs> same. <laughs> was I, that's what I was thought. I was like, okay, we're gonna save because uh, obviously we're gonna save. Maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, the save world. the world. <laughs> but then, like the time, and I knew, like I knew the arc system we had talked about, it, so I knew that there was a timer was on Grant's side, and I was like, what? It can't be on that much longer. So what are we gonna do next? But I definitely thought like the consequences, the fallout. We're gonna be dealing with the fallout now. Now we've got to repair the city. I don't know how. I don't know what system. I don't know if we're like resetting the timer on that. And then we didn't. <laughs> and then we didn't. <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> All the saving the world with none of the consequences. It's amazing. Just, right? just the perfect dream for everybody. I, I left the cleanup to Leah. <laughs> I, I left the defining of your legacies and what happened afterwards to her. <laughs> Alright, so uh, now I, I just want to be very clear here. We're not going to get to the end of episode 12 and find out that Squidzier Jenny is now taking over for part 3, are we? That would... I would no. cream. I would die. I would explode. <laughs> I would have nothing. No. <laughs> I... <laughs> no, I, I promise. After episode twelve, it is it's done. It's over. That was the whole uh, design and intent of this show. Was Leah and I wanted to make something where we very intently and deliberately end it where we want to end it and walk away from it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which is very hard. That being said, Which I wouldn't is, have minded. <laughs> I know. I, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna be Listen. really honest with you. Like. Th- the spirit behind the show is going to be upheld. It will be done after 12 episodes. But 
it is so hard to walk away from this show and this cast because I am having a fucking blast with this. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> they're making it real hard on us to to end it, you know. But it is the the correct thing to do, and it'll be stronger for it. I promise you, yeah. it's so, so worth it. What I'm it. hearing is we should just get get together later and play just a regular game sometime. Honestly, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna just do our own arc game like, after this. You know, it's almost yeah. like I catch you guys all as, as a cast for a Pathfinder second edition one shot. This is honestly case. This fault. is literally honestly, all my fault. Hey, where uh, where is Fistful of Flowers Part Two? Uh, I I don't understand. Fistful of Flowers where? was so much uh, fun. <laughs> they released a second part. We could play it. <laughs> There's a there's an yeah. actual second really? part to it. Yes. Oh, fu- okay. Now there is a part three. We're switching. K's the GM. We're doing Pathfinder. <laughs> they, they released part two for free RPG Day last this year. Very cool. I want to be popcorn again. <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> but uh, that's all the questions I have for you guys tonight that we have time for. So uh, thank Yay. you so much for coming, Grant. Thank you for letting me host. Thank you. thank you for hosting. Thank you guys for Kay. doing this um, show and doing all this work because it is phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, episode seven comes out next week. Uh, Leah takes over. We're playing Deadland Savage World. Um, new character art will be released this week mm. on social media. So you're gonna you're gonna see the the aforementioned hotness very soon. Um, Man, uh, I, I know I ran this back half, this this first half here, so let me just say on recording officially, um, delight of my life. This was so much fun. I couldn't have asked for a better group to do this with. Um, you've really touched the hearts of our cast and the audience as well. We, we, we keep getting reactions to that final episode coming through, so not to out of the park. I'm so excited for you, the audience, to hear what Leah's cooked up because, folks... It's, it's good. Cooking. It's Leah. Le- Leah does a fucking western, folks. It's it's delish. <laughs> I've been wanting to do a western for a long time, and I finally have a good reason to do it. I'm running with it, and I can't wait to welcome y'all to Hell's Crater. Whoa! Oh, she said. Name drop. Part two. Hell's Crater next Wednesday, fuckers. <laughs> 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 <laughs>